Boy, for a Wednesday in February, it's a pretty big day. National Signing Day, the the, re, the real one. Then uh, also Iron Bowl of Basketball Night. We got a lot to talk about. We don't have time to waste with this long introduction. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into Lockdown Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. And thank you for making us your first listen every single day. You guys are the absolute best. Got a story I'm going to tell you to begin the second segment about uh, how Bama has far-reaching tentacles. Um, I don't know if tentacles is what I should use. It makes it seem like a monster. But regardless, um, Jimmy, final signing day today, Ryan Williams. We got him, Jimmy. We got Finally him. over. It's finally over. Our long national nightmare. I mean, literally in this sense, I don't think there's ever been a recruit. Uh, I mean, it's it's been years since there's been a recruitment as watched as this one, particularly when you consider, Luke, how clearly he was going to Alabama the whole time. Now, it's easy to say that now, I guess. But the point is he committed to Alabama very early. Never really wavered. He just went on visits to other places. He, he did got, decommit. He did decommit after Nick Saban retired, right. but then was on his own dime unofficially visited Alabama on what a Tuesday after DeBoer was hired. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not saying we panicked over nothing and everyone was acting silly. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that this was an intensely watched recruitment especially considering that Ryan was making it pretty obvious what he was going to do the whole time. Oh, but gosh, he had everyone on pins and needles and there was a lot of stressed out Alabama fans over Ryan Williams for sure. And it's kind of brilliant. I'll tell you this. Did y'all just get a doorbell? Did a doorbell just ring at your house? Man, that microphone is really sensitive. You know, what's happening is uh, that's the Tuscaloosa tornado Oh, uh, city, city thing. Man, we can hear it that clearly from here. That's crazy. I'm surprised you can hear that over the microphone. But yeah, when I first heard it, I'm like, what is that? But no, it's a, a, a Tuscaloosa tornado alert system. All right. So weather's fine, by the way. So, you know, okay. Just, uh, okay. Yeah. We should it's, ask. It's that. a drill. Look, I don't have time to worry about you. And <laughs> no, I'm trying to get to exactly. a podcast. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So I'll, I'll contact the city and make sure this doesn't happen again. So, you know, it does bring up the thought if, let's say, Julio Jones had mm-hmm. come up in the world of Twitter and, um, right. you know, now, I mean, he came up in an iPhone world, I guess, but just barely. We didn't have Twitter and, and all this other social media stuff that that just eats people alive, at least their souls. Um, <laughs> you, I think Ryan handled it about as well as you can because Ryan's also been through this for a while. Ryan's been in the Twitter verse for a while now. And um, there's some kids who I think would have had a hard time. I think Julio would have had a hard time dealing with this because he would have really probably just avoided it is my guess. I'm not even sure if Julio Jones has a Twitter account. Like you don't hear about Julio doing anything. Like he is, he is the antithesis of your normal receiver in that he's not super flashy. Uh, He's not, you know, making sure, you know, he's not out selling a bunch of stuff. I think Julio just likes being Julio and is like, you know, I got plenty of money. Y'all kind of leave me alone. Um, yeah, Ryan's very much. Ryan's flamboyant. 
he is. He is flamboyant. I, I think Ryan doesn't shirk from being the center of attention. Uh, I think he plays social media up. I, I think he he uses it to his advantage. Uh, he is very much a member of this generation uh, for, for good and bad. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's different than, than what I think a lot of us older people are used to, but is typical of, uh, of 17 year olds uh, who live in a very social media driven world. Um, and Ryan's going to want the ball. I mean, most receivers are like that, right? Uh, at Alabama, we've been sort of fortunate that we haven't had a lot of, but Hey, Ryan's going to want the ball. And day one starter, right? Day one starter. I mean, for me, uh, yeah. If if we're defining starter as a member of the first team rotation, I'll be shocked. Last year we played seven guys in the first team rotation. I'll be shocked if Ryan's not in the first team rotation in the fall. I'll be shocked. Now, I think a reasonable question where reasonable minds will differ, I would go all the way with, will Ryan be the best wide receiver on this football team? I think it's a reasonable I, question. I think it, I think he might be. No, I think it's a reasonable answer. <laughs> I don't think it's the question. I'm, I'm going to go Jeopardy on this. That's the answer. That's the answer. He's the best wide receiver on this team. So wide receiver um, number one. I mean, again, might, might be. Who's going to lead? No, maybe I'm the problem. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> she's She's been in the news quite a bit lately. Uh, I, I think, right, I, I think you define it by this. Which wide receiver in the wide receiver room will be targeted the most and catch the most balls? Is it going to be Ryan? Is it going to be Kobe Prentice? Is it going to be Kendrick Law? Is it going to be Jeremy Bernard? Uh, I, I, I know this. I'd hate to bet on it. I would hate to bet against Ryan. I mean, uh, he might be wide receiver one. And when you say a freshman, oh, come on. Well, Julio was wide receiver one. I think Amari Cooper was in 2012. I'd have to go back and look. Uh, he Ridley. definitely was by the end of the year. When by the end of the year. Out, he had two big touchdowns against Auburn. You know, we blow them out 49 nothing. Then in the uh, SEC championship game, uh, A.J. throws one up about midfield that somehow Amari jumped higher than he's ever jumped in his life and now wrestled. I think it was uh, the kid Rambo they had. Uh, not Reggie Rambo. He played basketball for They had a kid named something. Yeah, it, Rambo. It, yeah, I remember Rambo. But anyway, and then, of course, he throws to him late in the game. And that's why I think he's going to be uh, – and, and, of course, he had two touchdowns against Notre Dame in the national championship game, too. Ridley was a, a wide receiver one, yeah. too, as a freshman. Yeah. but No, he was 20. He was 20. Yeah. Ryan's 17. Yeah, it's, Ryan's actually a good bit younger. But uh, the reason I think he will be uh, QR, WR1 is because I think he probably does the best at adjusting to the ball. I think he's got the best instincts. And if you're not going to have the most accurate passer, which – Though I love Jalen Milrow, he's not the most accurate. He's more accurate on his deep balls than he is his intermediate. I want to have a guy that I'm like, okay, I want to throw it in that general direction, mm-hmm. and I want him to go get it. Ryan's the best guy for that on the roster that I know of. So You know, they, they track everything in practice. I can so easily see, you know, they track everything. So the very first practice that Ryan's out there, which will be this fall, you know, he won't be with the team this spring. It'll be this fall at fall camp. That'll be his, his day number one. And, and I can so easily see, you know, when the coaches are going over the film, Coach DeBoer asking Jamarcus Shepard, um, hey, uh, which which wide receiver got open the most today? Ryan. <laughs> you know, day one. Because he, he, he couldn't really be covered in high school at all. And now he's going up against 
college DBs. But, hey, he's not going up against Kool-Aid and Terrion. Let's be honest with that either. Well, he wasn't covered in national all-star games. That's right. So he's going to be going up against Damani Jackson, uh, Jaleel Hurley. Hey, and this will make them better. Oh, it will. And then Bakwe okay. and, and, of course, any portal guys they sign. I'm just saying that. Look, let me cut you off, Jimmy, before we go into a complete Ryan Fest, because I want to I do want to say, number one, thank God for Noah Carter. We appreciate oh, yeah. you signing with Alabama. Oh, yeah. Don't want to shortchange you at all. My son, who's at Arizona State, I've already told you, he's seen Noah Carter play a lot out in Arizona, and he thinks he's fantastic. Now, it's Arizona competition. Make of that what you will. I think Noah Carter's a badass. I'm thrilled we got him. And QB Reese. Okay. I should probably have, we could probably have a whole segment on this. Another Bammer friend of mine. That I'm going to leave it. I'm not going to reveal names because, you know, we have some of the same friends. But he said, he said, am I crazy? Or I said, I believe QB Reese will be more productive than Demarcus Riddick. And when I read it, I was like, okay, old Luke, who is very starstruck, is like, nah, that's probably not going to happen. New Luke, who is trying to be in the middle of, yes, I'm a combination of stars and production. It's kind of like I could see QB Reese having a more productive career and maybe not make as many star-studded plays as Demarcus Riddick if both of them reach their potential. I think Demarcus Riddick is capable of bigger plays, maybe just fewer plays. And well, I, I could see QB Reese being a guy you're just like he's just in on every tackle. Now, you know, does he make a lot of sacks? Nah. Does he make a lot of uh, you know, tackles for loss? Nah. But he just he's always in the right spot to make the tackle. That's what I think of QB Reese when I think of him in high school. I also appreciate the fact that QB Reese, it's sort of like Ryan Williams. He seems to be a gump. He's been dying to come to Alabama. We we weren't even a hundred percent sure he was still gonna sign with us. And he signed with us. He never took offense to any of that. And so QB Reese, you're in my heart. <laughs> I'm as high on him as you should be for. The, the where he's ranked, you know, you know, uh, I'm as high on him as you can be based on where he's ranked. And I'm not going to compare him to five stars or national top 100 players. Uh, I'll just, I'm just curious as to see how his career ends up because one of my rules is this when you are a very productive player at the, at the highest levels of high school football and 7A and 6A in Alabama, are roughly the same to me, uh, when you're a highly productive player. Uh, in high school at the at the highest levels, those guys are rarely busts. Now, sometimes they're not uh, as good as you would have liked them to be, but they're they're rarely busts. I'm I'm happy that QB Reese is uh, going to be a part of Alabama's football team, and I'm not predicting immediate greatness by any means, but uh, I am higher on him than a lot of people are based on where the star rating is for sure. And let me say this. I am not saying I would have ranked QB Reese ahead of Demarcus Riddick. Yeah, I would not have done. I saw I got to call a Demarcus Riddick game in person. I thought he looked pretty good. I wouldn't have had him a five-star because I think five-stars have to jump off the page at you at all times. In fact, I thought Malcolm Simmons was a better prospect than a Demarcus Riddick. Here's what's interesting to me, Luke, and this is what's interesting. And, again, this, this what does this mean? QB Reese and Sterling Dixon are going to play the same position and they played similar schedules. Now, I know QB's from Birmingham and Sterling's from the Mobile area. But based on who they are in the programs that they're at, they play similar schedules. So, in other words, they're going up against a similar talent level. And 
their stats in terms of on-the-field production are remarkably similar. Yes. Yet Sterling's ranked way higher, and he is because he's a bigger, faster guy. He's, got, he's a bigger, more faster, physical presence, better measurables, and more higher profile. But but better measurables and in mobility. And, and I would take Sterling. I would take Sterling over there. If, if these are my two choices, I'm taking Sterling Dix. I am. But I'm just saying, what makes recruiting so fun is this: the on-the-field production is the same. QB got it done at the same rate Sterling did. So it'll be interesting to see. The logic suggests that Sterling being a bigger, faster guy is going to make an, an easier adjustment to SEC football. But that, right. that's what just intrigues me about this stuff so much. All right, we're way over, so uh, I'm going to tell you about game time. You know, game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, theater events near you. And right now, users get $100 off when they buy a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. Of course, the Super Bowl is in Vegas. And if you were in Vegas with an extra $100, what would you do? I'd probably just say, hey, just put it on red and let it ride and maybe, you know, do it a few more times. Next thing you know, you're in the Super Bowl because you can use the Game Time app to get that Super Bowl ticket. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. The things that I love about them, obviously, are the last-minute tickets, flash deals. I've used Game Time a lot myself. This is not Luke just talking out of his yin-yang. I'm telling you, I have used this company a lot. I love them. Uh, the views from the seat venue are what will really uh, change your mind You know about using any other source for this. Um, Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. All-in prices show your total upfront. Not one of those, oh, you got a ticketing fee. Oh, we got to do the undercoating. Oh, you want rust proofing. All this stuff that you get on your car sometimes, you know, and on other ticketing apps, you don't get it with Game Time. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time right now. All Game Time users get $100 off a big game ticket with code Vegas100. So you want to go to Game Time dot com check them out get download that app that's what you really want to do is download that game time app use vegas 100 as your code get a hundred dollars off and then you can uh send something to my fan mail that you thank me and i would appreciate it not going to have a lot of time to do our roster countdown today because i do want to get in the iron bowl of basketball in um in in episode or excuse me segment three but jimmy yesterday i told you i was going the tentacles of alabama are far reaching we're in lake tahoe my wife and i and my daughter and we went i I don't really like ski so we went to snow tubing took my daughter snow tubing it was fun i'm gonna take her on a snowmobile but regardless uh snow tubing yesterday and there was like these hills that you do and they had one guy up there sort of pushing you down the tube or whatever his name was rodrigo super nice guy from chile um his dad, at, he, he like does a, I don't know, a student exchange. I don't know, something like that where he comes over and studies a while. They go over there and study a while. They're all family, friends, whatever. And he happens to be in uh, Tahoe right now just doing like work stuff. And then he's going back to finish up college. He's only his like fourth year there. Super nice guy. And he said, yeah, you know, I live in California and my, the fam, I'm living, I'm in California now, but the family I visit in North Carolina that we're so tight with, they're huge Alabama fans. And I said, really? And I said, yeah. And my wife said, well, he does a podcast all about Alabama. And I said, yeah, I said, Rodrigo, hook me up with it with an intro here. Okay, you're watching Lockdown Bama with Luke and Jimmy. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. <laughs> That's how I, it, it, I wanted it to go on the first take. This is how it went on the first take. You're watching Lockdown Bama with, what's her name? Hey, Luke? Hey, Luke? Hey, and what's the other guy? Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. Luke and Jimmy, yeah. <laughs> That's, I was like, 
I really should just use the first one because I think that's how everybody thinks of us. <laughs> yeah, I watched Locked on Bama with uh, the tall, goofy guy and then the, the old guy with the great hair. Yeah, that's, that's how it is. Hey, shout out to uh, Jim at uh, Baseball Scrimmage yesterday, watching Baseball Scrimmage. Comes up, says he watches the show uh, every day. Luke and I, and uh, that's probably why I asked to go to practice and things like that so we can actually get some good information as to what's going on with Alabama athletics. But uh, but anyway, shout out to Jim for uh, introducing himself and watching the show every day. And shout out to Rodrigo, who became a oh, subscriber yeah. yesterday. I appreciate it, <laughs> oh, that, that, was a, that was a cool intro. That's the best intro we've had since the uh, Katie Ingleson intro on the old show. Oh, oh God, we got to get her back. We need more. Well, I don't think Locked On is cool with that. But uh, back, back when Maybe back she before, can do a shout out like that. Oh, she could do a shout out for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I just yeah. want a shout out. I don't want much. And it comes from pretty yeah, for those that don't know, by the way, uh, Katie Ingleson, Alabama graduate, Alabama sports reporter extraordinaire. She is now the, I don't know what you call it. Do you call it the sideline, the sideline reporter And it's when it's hockey? But she is the rink side reporter for the Florida Panthers in the NHL, making it all the way to the Stanley Cup. And, and so she is on the Florida Panthers broadcast every single night and hosts some uh, Florida Panther stuff. Uh, so she's big time. Keeping in line with these perfect segues, Jimmy, your roster countdown rolls on, and who is it today? <laughs> Bray Hubbard is the number 49 player, I believe he is, on the uh, on the roster ranking, 49th best player on the team. Hey, real quickly about Bray. Uh, shows up and plays right away. A lot, everybody else we've covered to this point pretty much has been a red shirt. Bray was not. Bray played in too many games. He, he uh, by the end of the year, was an every week special teams player, saw some snaps at safety, uh, he's a he's a dude, man. Bray Hubbard's going to be a player. Uh, we'll see if he ever, you know, makes it to the starting lineup. I think he's a he's a contender to be a starting safety this year. Uh, it will be a surprise if he's not a a, 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 a highly contributing member of the special teams. Uh, Bray did a really good job as a true freshman. They obviously like him a lot. Uh, he will be a significant player this spring uh, because there's only about four safeties returning from last year's team. Uh, he'll have to fend off the freshman, and like Peyton Woodyard is going to show up trying to leapfrog him. And uh, but anyway, we, we should all be high on Bray Hubbard. Uh, I think he is a strong potential future starter at, at Alabama at safety. Um, certainly hoping that he makes a move because you know that's probably our second biggest worry is the defensive backfield right behind offensive line. I think Jimmy and I both agree on that. So we would love to see Bray Hubbard step up. Meanwhile, Jimmy, uh, I think it's time that uh, we get into some fan duel. And right after that, it's time for some basketball talk because we got a big one tonight. And if I can find the fan duel thing, that's going to make my life easier. Here we go. Oh, boom. <laughs> fan duel is America's number one sports book. Y'all know. Y'all know. I ain't got to tell you. I mean, but they, they tell me I have to tell you. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the house, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. That is the most fun of it all. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a big old W or two or three or four or five. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, and my guess it'll be Taylor Swift and the Swiftettes, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, which players uh, will have the most points scored, which ones have the most receptions, who will there be a safety? That's always a fun bet because you always bet on no, and whenever there is one, it just ruins your Sunday, or you're the other way. You always bet on yes, 
and you lose just a little bit. And then when you get one, it's uh, beers on me, y'all. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, which is an official partner of the NFL. Iron Bowl of basketball, Jimmy, and things are a little chippy. I'm going to throw this in there that I think, between the coaches at least, I think this is kind of manufactured. And I'm going to tell you why. I was going to agree 100% before you even said that. And I and if and it wouldn't shock me at all if Nate and Bruce, who appear to be pretty – I think they are I think friends. They are. I think they're friendly. I think off, Nate – Off camera. Yeah. And I think Nate said something like, hey, you know – Playing in Auburn is like playing one of those old high school gyms with 2,000 seats and everybody's on top of you. And I, frankly, I, I understand anything an Alabama coach says, Auburn fans are going to be like, oh, well, that sucks. You know, they say, Auburn is the most generous, loving, giving university I've ever been around. <laughs> oh, he's just, he's, just, uh, he's just trying to say what we want to hear. You know, no, that I think he really means it like, yeah, that place is a hell to play. And I agree. It's one of the toughest environments in basketball, if not the toughest right now. But the way he said it was sort of, very Nate Oatesy. Nate Oates is not. I don't want Nate Oates to ever give me a compliment. You know what? I feel like Nate Oates would say, "Luke, you are one of the most handsome men I've ever seen." It, it who's got you know who's probably fifty nine years old. Well, I'm fifty one, Nate. I stand by what I said. If you were fifty nine, you look fifty one. You look like warmed over poop. But um, you know. But then Bruce came back and said something like. You know, they're going to get Nick Pringle back. Imagine that. They come back right before the Auburn game. Well, first of all, nobody even knows what Nick Pringle's been suspended for. It was nothing bad. And number two, didn't we get Sharif Cooper about two years ago? <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah. And I don't think – here's one thing that's – I mean, I'm not ripping on the kid. Here's one thing that's not going to make a difference in the outcome tonight, Nick Pringle. Nick Pringle. Agreed. I mean, I, I hope he does. I hope he does. But if he does, it might be for the other team, by the way, because our plus minus with Nick Pringle isn't that great. You know, it's just five more fouls is what it is. I mean, let's yeah. let's call it. It's, it it's is momentary rest for some starters. That's what I think it is. Hey, Pringle makes a difference. Shame on Auburn. You know, to be honest. And and again, I'm not ripping on the kid. I'm glad he's back. I'm I want Nick Pringle to be a contributor to this team down the stretch because I think he can help us. But He's not going to be the difference playing a top 10 team on the road, particularly somebody that's got some interior players like Janai Broom. You know, I, I think I think exactly what you said, Luke. I think Nate Oates was trying to compliment Auburn, and they took it the wrong way. I don't think it was an intentional jab. I get what Bruce Pearl said about Nick Pringle. I get it because that's what his fans expect to say. You know, well, Nick Pringle's going to be back for Auburn. Imagine that. I think that's what he said. Well, I mean, he knows, he knows, and maybe Nate knows how his comments would have been taken, maybe. But I think that they, look, Alabama and Auburn football get all the attention. I think that's a common talk they have. I think when Nate and Bruce talk, they're like, you know, hey, it'd be nice if we're on the front page for a change and not football. And I think that they say and do things uh, to, to get on the front page. And, and, and I think they understand each other because while – they both have a similar problem in terms of, of trying to get on the front the front page of the sports section. No, in old newspaper terms, if y'all get that, in a way, it's brilliant, and because it, it does seem so, like, I, I just don't think. First of all, I think Nate's was more unassuming. I think 
Bruce's was more intentional, but I, I think that they probably got together. I mean, I, maybe this is a conspiracy theorist in me. And they said, look, we want to drum up as much as we can. Because here's the other thing. This game should be played on Saturdays. This 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 game, Alabama and Auburn playing on yeah. weekday nights. Why, why are we stuck on two week weekday games? That does well, stink. Well, I'm going to – the SEC is – now, I know a lot of this is computer-generated, I'm sure. But I go back to the, the SEC football schedule. Not having Auburn Ole Miss on the schedule this year is a joke. Is a joke. Don't get rid of the Vanderbilt game. Nobody cares. Nobody Auburn's going to blast Vanderbilt, and it, it doesn't matter. Nobody gives a rip, and it's at Auburn. Even if it were at Nashville, I'd go, okay, at least that's a trip for somebody. But it's it's in Auburn. Make the I don't care if you put the Ole Miss Auburn game in Auburn or in in uh, Ole Miss. I don't care. They should have done that. Auburn Alabama basketball. It did not. It used to should have been played on Monday afternoons. I'll give them that. But these last few years. It needed to be – it was a game only our mother could love for the longest time. But the, these last few years, these are the teams that are winning it. These, yeah. They're not just winning the 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 regular season and, you know, faltering in the tournament. They're winning both of them. G- give yeah. these two teams their respect. I don't care if they put Florida and uh, Kentucky on Saturday nights anymore. I know this last one was a good game. I enjoyed it. But I'm just saying it doesn't it doesn't hold the same water. Alabama and Auburn is a better rivalry right now. Maybe not over the long haul. Right now it is. It deserves its respect. That's on the SEC office. They need to make sure that happens. I don't want to go to Coleman at eight o'clock on a Tuesday to watch us play Auburn. I, I don't want to go to Neville you know. on a seven o'clock to watch us play uh, Auburn. I just don't like, on a Wednesday. Let's play at five o'clock on a Saturday, like they do these other big games. That's what we deserve. And a shout out to uh, Bruce Pearl here in a backhanded way. I'm not a big Bruce Pearl fan, to be honest. Uh, but but I, I do want to say this about this rivalry right now. You know, it is it's a fun game right now, and it's a fun game for a couple of reasons. To me, it's fun because Auburn is good. They're a good team. It's more fun when both teams are good, and we know Alabama is good. Uh, and, and it's a more fun game when Auburn's good too. And shout out to Bruce for making Auburn good. Secondly, uh, he's a fun coach to dislike. He makes it fun uh, because it's easy to dislike him. How terrible would it be? I'm trying to think of a basketball coach that we've all really liked. What about the, the dude they fired at South Carolina, Frank Martin? Just everybody liked Frank Martin. Wouldn't it be terrible if Frank Martin was at Auburn? And we'd go, yay, coach is Auburn, and I never want Auburn to do anything good. But, you know, that Frank Martin, he's okay. You know, no, it's a lot more fun when you're like, I do not like Bruce Pearl and I want Auburn to lose all the time. And it's hugely fun to beat them because it's fun to watch Bruce Pearl get frustrated and lose and scream and yell and and, and all the spit coming out of his mouth and all that stuff. Uh, so that that's why I shout out to Bruce. Pearl. He's made Auburn good. And because of his personality, they're very fun to beat uh, uh, because it's Bruce. Oh, oh, mute, mute. They can't even hear you in Chile. They can't even hear you in Chile right now. Dang it. Um, I'm two hours behind you. I'm in Tahoe, and I forgot that I go on this Wednesday show at 1220. They were calling me. Oh, yeah, got to go. So oh, I'm okay. wrapping see. up. Okay. Hey, see. Uh, roll Tide, everybody. Love y'all. We'll see you next time. Roll Tide.